Welcome to the Lobot Lounge, the gathering place for the gentlemen nerds. The gentlemen nerds are three entertainment aficionados who know each other through various media endeavors, getting together to talk about all things nerdy, mostly in the vein of film, television, toys, and popular culture. Many topics are discussed, so please be warned, there are the potential for many spoilers. If you like what you hear, you can listen to past shows on iTunes or on our website, thegentlemennerds.com. And now, enjoy the show. The question, ladies and gentlemen, isn't who you are, but for tonight, who do you want to be? With costuming, with cosplay, you can create any character, real, imagined, or inspired by entertainment, and be that character. Cosplay grew out of the practice of, of costuming at a science fiction convention, beginning with the futuristic costumes created for the world's first science fiction convention in New York City in 1939. Cosplay is an activity and a performance art. You can become that character and not just dress. In a lot of cases, you actually act the part. Cosplay grew out of the practice of fan costuming and the rapid growth in people cosplay playing as a hobby since the 90s has made the phenomenon a huge popular culture in Japan as well as in other parts of the world, especially here in the Western world. At a convention, it's very rare to see someone not walking around dressed like the Joker. Nothing wrong with that. But today, here in the Lobot Lounge, the gentlemen nerds have decided to pool their creative resources and talk about cosplay. This is a return to the topic. We've done this before, but there's much more to cover. Here in our best duds to talk about this topic is Mark Finn. Every girl's crazy about a sharp-dressed man. Aaron DiArive. <laughs> Damn, I don't have anything that's as good as that. <laughs> <laughs> and I am your host and emotional touchstone, Joseph Fotinos. Welcome to this cosplay edition of the Gentleman Nerds. My friends, how are you doing? Good, yes, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I am so excited uh, to actually dive in and talk about this. Uh, and, and Aaron, before we started recording, you mentioned it. I think people are chomping at the bit to get out, get social, get seen. Um, I think there's going to be such an explosion of creativity in, in the next couple of years at conventions that it's just going to blow our minds. Uh, I would yeah, agree. I, I would agree. Yeah, after after a lengthy hibernation, you know, if your uh, New Hope uh, stormtrooper armor isn't screen accurate by now, it's never going to be. <laughs> <laughs> you got you got to get that thermal detonator just right. You just I got mean, to. come on, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. all that it, it, all that work. I remember looking actually into to the five hundred one, the the five hundred and first Vader's fist if you will, uh, yeah. which is a cosplay group, uh, a Star Wars cosplay group. And, and uh, you know, there's branches in every major city um, in the world, frankly. And uh, I remember looking at the website and looking at the, at the requirements if you wanted to join the 501. And it wasn't just stormtroopers. There are Mandalorians and Imperial officers and sand people and Jawas and, and bounty hunters. You just name it. Anything in the Star Wars universe is, is a go. But they are so specific. I mean, and very, very, very screen accurate. Um, yeah. There, there's, there's a, there's a qualification. Um, I, I made. I, I get why though. Oh God, yes. No, yeah. you don't. Yeah, I mean, that's that's why they they are who they are, and they have that right. the uh, the prestige of being the five hundred one. You know, you see them at parades and go, holy moly, did Lucasfilm 
right. show up. You know, these people are amazing. Um, but I remember making a, a Tuscan Raider mask based on uh, I got inspired to do one for Halloween. And I said, well, let me look into the 501 and see what they've got. And they sold the mold, the actual um, um, form, if you will, for the Tuscan mm -hmm. Raider head. Wow. And basically you built everything else out of leather and cloth. And um, one of the one of the, the, the tips was to take the uh, spout from a cock gun, the little pointed end plastic yeah. spout from a cock gun. Right. Get four of them, cut them out, and those are the horns at the top of the Tuscan Raider head. Wow. They're huh. they're perfect sized, and they're absolutely you know the perfect length when they're installed correctly. Um, so, and I was like, oh, where <laughs> you go, nice, you know. So I mean, I made that. I made the hell out of that mask. Now, I would still not get into the five hundred one because I didn't. I ran out of time to do the rest of the costume. <laughs> I literally, yeah. I, I put the rest of the costume together. It was okay. The mask was fantastic. But everything else is like they would never accept me, so I'm just going to walk around the neighborhood and and in uh, single file to hide my numbers. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, well, and that's why, one why thing I I've always been impressed by just good cosplay in general. But uh, you, sir, you, Mr. Fortinos, uh, in 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 specific, uh, you put such care into each one of the cosplays that you decide to do. You research it, uh, you get a bunch of pictures, uh, you, you, you scrutinize those, those pictures, you try to find materials that, that will duplicate the look of it. I mean, that, that to me, it, it is, that is so impressive uh, for any cosplayers, right? Those cosplayers that take it way, I mean, just they, they spend yeah. months and months and months creating something and they, they're talented seamstresses or, 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 or sculptors or, or molders. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's yeah. amazing. The, the level, not only the, the, the fandom that's expressed and the yeah. joy that's expressed, which I think is very important, that, that's at the heart of it, but the artistry, yeah. the, the craft uh, that's on display is, is very humbling. One of the well, and first of all, thank you so much for that kindness. Um, one of the things that I always think is is interesting is, is when I see people in their cosplay, and when I pick a cosplay, is like, well, why this character? What what about this character makes me go, ooh, that I want to do that? Um, right. You know, what is it about? And for me, I'm just speaking of my own self. A lot of it has to do um, with uh, with nostalgia and personality. I, yeah. I really like. Because I, I I act the part. I, I tend to, you know, there was a gag uh, for years. I'd throw these Halloween parties and I would dress like the character and whatever we were doing, the theme of the party. And uh, my wife at the time, my first wife, uh, she would always go, and he's gone. You know, and meaning that <laughs> Joseph's not here anymore. And it's this right. guy that is going to be this guy all night long who never drops the character. Um, right. but, but, you know, and maybe that's why I'm divorced. No, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> No, I mean to me that's that's part of the fun. I mean if yeah. you're if you're well, dressed as as you know uh, Cruella, but mm -hmm. you're you're wandering around just you know hi everybody, you know, how's it going? Yeah. No, there's a certain uh, there, there's a certain persona that that comes with the cosplay, and and <laughs> if you funny. don't if you're not Cruella, if you aren't Cruella. Right. Uh, and you look like Cruella. There's a disconnect right. for me. Something is not working. I, at, at one of my I, funny, you should mention that one of my one of my friends at the time was dressed like Cruella Deville, and she showed up, and she looked pretty good actually. But she and we had a dog at the time, and she'd walk around smoking her cigarette outside, and she'd look down, and she'd say, "How much for the dog?" You know. She was, <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. No, no. I, that's, take much. That's, yeah. that's the, that's half the joy for me. It, half the joy is 
you see the costume, right? And wow, that's amazing. And then suddenly that character that you're interacting with comes to life and turns. Uh, it, it, you know, it's almost like if you're, you're at a theme park, right? You're at a theme park and you see Captain Hook. Well, he's going to act like Captain Hook, you know? And and so, yeah, yeah, that, that's an important, for me, that's an important aspect of it. Yeah. Well, and you, Aaron, your your cosplays have been pretty spectacular yourself. I mean, but I, I honestly think that a lot of the times you pick characters and cosplays that fit you, not only physically, but in your personality. It absolutely oh, yeah. blows my mind when you walked up as, as a Voltan or Santa, frankly, uh, was just like, holy moly, it's amazing. When I saw you do that, I just thought that's that's so damn perfect for him, you know, yeah. being so congenial and happy and big and boisterous. And, you know, and again with Voltan too, the same, you know, <laughs> it was very yeah. giant, you know, bigger yeah, than no, I, I am good at bombastic, folks. I can really do bombastic. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking everyone. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, this, so... I'm I'm the low man on the totem pole here with this because um I and 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 I I I've confessed this before I'm going to confess it again uh for years I didn't understand it I did not understand cosplay and probably because I only had a couple of examples of it uh, through the eighties and nineties when I was doing, when I first started doing conventions and, and going to shows and doing stuff. And, uh, and I didn't, the, the, the people that would end up dressing up, I, I never understood that. And, yeah. and, and now part of it was, uh, ego based for me. I was trying to establish myself. I wanted people to know me. And so the idea of putting myself behind a costume or makeup just seemed like a bad idea, yeah. um, uh, a really bad idea. Mm. But you know, so, um, and it was also it was also a, a lot of insecurities. I figured it out uh, much later, and uh, what what actually kind of changed my mind about it was uh, I used to do um, uh, old time radio recreation back mm. in Austin. Uh, and, uh, yes, in fact, uh, our, our intentional producer and musical genius director, uh, Ben was in the troupe with me and what we, one of the things that we did, cause we would, uh, we would act as if we were in the studio in the 1940s in mm -hmm. between the parts of the show. And when we interacted with people, we interacted with them in character. And nice. so my character was sort of a sort of an extended hyper distorted version of me if i grew up at a carnival and and never quite got out of busking you know that would <laughs> that was sort of the vibe you know and but i i came to really really like that a lot i thought that was just so much fun to to be sort of a a, a weisenheimer you know yeah uh yeah. And, and, and then, and, and of course, you know, um, so, so to relate this back to my question, uh, Joseph, you have, of course, uh, your, uh, hall of fame, uh, professor Griffin, you also do a pirate, uh, quartermaster Griff and, uh, and that's in a group, uh, of like-minded pirates, correct? 
Correct. Uh, I, I am a member of what's of, of a group in Austin called the Brotherhood of the Crossed Bones. Okay. And it is a a a, uh, a charitable organization. We raise money yes. for things like Make a Wish Foundation, Austin Pets Alive, Brown Santa during Christmas, things like that. So yes, we and we we dress like like pirates, and we sing and we drink rum. So what? <laughs> which do you prefer? Because you've done both. Do you prefer uh, a recreation like that kicking? Baron Zemo mask you had on display uh, for mm. us last week, or an original character that lets you put more of yourself into it. Um, well, let, I'm going to back up a little bit. You mentioned Professor Anton Griffin, which is the horror host character that that I created um, years ago. The origins lost in much time, but in the, the briefest of, of, of tellings, it was for a haunted house that my brother James and I designed in Houston, and the, the theme of the haunted house was a, a circus of horror. So we wanted to come up with a Mr. Dark kind of Mr. Cougar kind of something wicked this way comes type of carnival barker character. That's where Professor Griffin was born in in, in the his basest form. Right. Um, jump forward, moved to Austin, um, realized, you know, as an actor and a horror fan, the two things you put together and you get, oh, Ted Love is an horror host and, and the rest is history. So you, you start from there. But the character grew, obviously, as, as sort of the love child between Vincent Price and Skeletor as far as how he talks, uh, you know, to being this uniquely, uh, I guess, entertaining showman type of uh, of character with, with a whole mythology now that's built around him. Um, Griff, Quartermaster Griff, obviously a derivative of Griffin, um, was just born out of my love for pirates. And, and, and you know, uh, I've always been fascinated by them. I've always been mm -hmm. incredibly attracted to them. And I knew when I created a pirate character that I did not want to be Captain So-and-So. Yeah. Way too many captains out there. Yeah. Uh, inspired by the characters of Rigetti and Pintel from the original mm -hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean movie, I thought, that's the kind of pirate I want to be. I want to be that nasty-ass, yellow-teeth, drunk-in-a-pigsty in a pirate. Yeah. You know, not a not a fancy pants pirate. I want to be a pirate pirate with you know whose clothes are falling off of him and, and, and sunburnt and, and growly and just boisterous and drunk most of the time. That's the kind of pirate I wanted to be, mostly because I wanted to be drunk most of the time. But right. um, <laughs> with uh, with my toes in the sand and and one one hand on a beautiful buxom woman and the other hand on a bottle of rum. I mean, who wouldn't want that? There you um, go. So literally, that's that's where Griff came from. He came from that style of of pirate, and and I think mostly um, Pintel, the character of Pintel, was kind of the impetus for that. I didn't want to do a character that everyone recognized, uh, I, so I created my own. Um, yeah. Now the question to answer your question in a long about way, um, it's it's kind of fun to do original characters because you're not bound by any kind of oh he would never say that and I right. can't do it that you're 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 you know um, example I did for a comic convention uh, oh, about twenty years ago maybe longer I did uh, Harvey Dent Two Face uh, from uh -huh. the comics um, so here here's Two Face and I said I'm going all out I went to the bank took out $100 in $2 bills, um, <laughs> carried around a fake shot-off double-barreled shotgun, and, of course, the infamous one-sided coin, or uh, double-headed coin, one right. side, you know, distressed. Um, I wore this very elaborate left-side mangled two-faced makeup that I did myself using, using a ping-pong ball from the Dick Smith makeup book, giving the idea of that bulging yes. one eye, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I made a pinhole in it, by God, but I couldn't see crap out of that one eye. I really couldn't. So depth perception, incredibly off. You try catching a flipping coin with no depth <laughs> perception. 
<laughs> so for everything that Dent did at this convention, I decided to, I'm going to flip a coin and go left or right and buy this. No, I'm going to flip a coin. Every time I flip that coin, I think maybe, I don't know, nine out of 10 times I dropped it. I, I would miss the coin. And that's like, it's killing me. Nobody wants to see Two-Face not catch his coin. Right. But I couldn't see. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sort of bound by those rules, you know, with, with, with characters like that. And, yeah. and some, some of the characters are great, like the collector that I did for um, the, the mm. Austin um, Austin Comic Con. Right. It was a lot of fun because he could walk from booth to booth and examine your wares, put on a pair of white gloves, very, you know, distinctly big before he picks something up and looks at it, you know, and then barters with the guy. I mean, you can have a lot of fun with the character, um, but, but you're still kind of bound. So I think, honestly, original characters, I, I tend to like a little bit more uh, just because you're, you're, you're really free to do just about anything you want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nobody, the, the drawback, of course, is that nobody really knows who you are. If you go, if you make up a character and walk in and go, oh, that's awesome. You look great. You know, who are you? I am, you know, Count, you know, Ruth Fataben or something like that or whatever you want to see. <laughs> I'm, I'm this guy. And they go, oh, great. That's awesome. Great costume. And, and they don't engage. Now, if you yeah. come in as, as a character that they know. Oh, look, it's Cobra Commander. Hey, Cobra Commander, what do you want? You know, I mean, you're, <laughs> you're interacting with them, you know. You, uh, uh, you, I remember going to a, a, a horror convention in Cleveland, uh, and I saw this guy, and his cosplay was Skeletor, and he looked amazing. I mean, he looked amazing. And I thought, oh, crap. One of my, one of my goals one of these days when I, when I lose enough weight and, and put on the muscle as I want to be Skeletor. I mean, a classic filmation Skeletor. Yeah. Um, I've already I've already built the Havoc staff and everything. So I walked up to this guy and I was like, oh, that's amazing. You look great. Oh, the, did you make that leather yourself for the armor? And he turned to me and he went, oh, yeah. Um, well, I worked really hard on this part over here. I went, no, no, you're ruining it. You're ruining it. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. you can't. You can't turn to me dressed as beautifully as you are and go, hi, I'm Bill. No, you're not. I am Skeletor, Lord of Destruction. That's <laughs> I want to hear that voice. Give me the voice. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and now to be fair, not not everybody can do that. You know, that's the yes. other thing, right? Uh, to consider yes. is that you have people that love the costume, love the character, but yes. don't have the 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 chops, right? The acting yes. chops that you do, yes. Joseph, or or that even that you know that I or, or Mark might have. They yes. they're shy. They just want to show, hey, look, I worked really hard on this costume. So I totally get that. I get that not everybody is going to be a living embodiment of that character. Um, but I agree. I almost prefer for if you can't pull off the character, then 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 pretend you're in a silent film, right? And just pose, just pose. Don't <laughs> yeah. don't say anything. Yeah. Um, and I, and yeah. Most of the time, they're pretty good about signaling that. I mean, I you know, to this day, uh, I started this back at an Austin Comic Con uh, back when they started moving them downtown. So I think it was the first year it was at the Hilton. Uh -huh. And uh, I was walking away from a booth to go somewhere, and there was a guy walking towards me uh, in a beautiful – I mean, he looked like the stunt double for Johnny Depp, Captain Jack Sparrow. Mm -hmm. right. and, and he was walking. He had a bit of the gait, you know, and a bit of the, the wiggle and the swagger about him. And uh, and as I walked by, I just flipped him a salute and went, Captain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he did a perfect, you know, hand wave at me. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the little bow, the little flower yeah, that bow, little, yeah. little almost a bow, sort of a sort of a gesture's uh, caper, and kept yeah. going. And I was like, "Oh, thank God!" You know, and, and, and because because honestly, that's why be Captain Jack Sparrow if you if you're not going to do the thing. And and uh, I I had this I I got mad in San Diego the first year I went back after a she's I don't even know how long it was. Uh, I, it was in the 2000, like it's, it was in the aughts and, uh, there was a, a ton of people in various versions of Assassin's Creed garb. Oh yeah. 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 And, uh, there, I mean, not just, uh, the big one of course was, um, was, uh, Ezio, uh, from, uh, Assassin's Creed too, but there were others and there were also variations or retakes on, this, you know, like if Assassin's Creed, if they did a Japanese Assassin's Creed, here's my Assassin's Creed ninja, right? So there was, it was really cool. It was a good way of, of oh, doing yeah. that. But what I, I started doing this and was disappointed, frankly, by the responses that I would get. There's a, there's a line in the, in the game that they use as part of their like symbology. Uh, and uh, it's a, it's a call and response line. All right. And, the, and it's, it's nothing is true. Everything is permitted, right? That's the, that's mm-hmm. the thing. And so I, more than once somebody would be standing by me and I would just lean over to whichever the, uh, which Altair, the assassin or whoever. And I'd say, nothing is true. And, nine times out of 10, they'd kind of look at me and sort of back up for a second. And only one in 10 would look at, would, would lean in and go, everything is permitted. And I'd go, oh, okay, we can talk now. See, this is, you know, the, the shake, the handshake has been, has been distributed. So I, I just want to, and so, so yeah, that's, I was slow to warm to that. Uh, but I, I see the fun of it now. And uh, it's got me thinking about doing something. Oh, good. Well, yeah. and a lot of times people people shy away from doing characters that they love because they go, well, I'm just – I don't look like that character. I don't fit that physical – that physicality of that character. And what I love about the cosplay community is that they're incredibly accepting. I mean, despite what I was saying earlier about being disappointed in people not doing voices, obviously, you know, I didn't go, you fool, you ruined my life. Uh, you know, we talked and had a great time. But in my in my brain, that's my personal thought. I thought, oh, it'd be so cool if you did the voice. Um, but but the cosmic community is incredibly uh, accepting. Yes. They're, you know, every size, shape, color, creed. I, I, I remember at San Diego Comic-Con, there was this group shot of the slave Leia's of every conceivable shape, size, color, every conceivable different variety of slave Leia that you yeah. can imagine, all gathered together to, to take a photo with the big Jabba the Hutt statue, right? They were all posing around the Jabba the Hutt statue. And I thought, now that's really cool. I mean, the, a lot of these, and, and particularly the females, um, boy, they take some, they have a lot of more hutchpa than I do in terms oh. of the way they dress. Yeah, for oh. the amount of skin that they show. I, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, Carrie Fisher was five foot nothing and right. and in and, and a very, very skimpy costume. And some of the slave Leia's are, are more um, endowed, shall we say? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. That's but it them. It's, it, they feel they feel it. They feel gorgeous and powerful and, and, and admired. And they like it when they turn heads, something they probably just don't do on a day to day basis in their nine to five job. And here's their opportunity to be 
this amazing character, Mystique, walking around with basically pasties on, painted blue. And you're like, wow, that's amazing. You know, you did an amazing job with this character. Um, yeah. And it's it's empowering. And, and I, I that's one thing that I think the celebration of, of dressing up in a costume, be it for, you know, comic convention or Halloween or Mardi Gras or whatever event that you do, which, you know, sign me up for, you know, A, B and C, please. Right. Um, just yeah. just it, it's so much it's so we, entertaining we, we mentioned that that i i really like how uh because you know mark and i were saying that both of us are, are very self-conscious about you know well we can only pull off certain characters you know I'm, no one wants to see me in spandex um but i do like that with the cosplay community there is room for cosplaying characters by people of all shapes and sizes um, and, and I appreciate that. I, I, the, the, for me, the love of the character, uh, is what shines through, you know, yeah. the, the, the much, how much they like this character, uh, what maybe that character might represent to them, uh, uh, even, even if just on a, on a creative level, on, on a look, it's a look they wish that they could, that they could pull off, you know, more yeah. often. And I love that there's cross play. So you have, yeah. you know, you have female Captain Americas, uh, you have, you, you, have, you know, it's, it's all of these great men. I saw this beautiful, I shared it on my Facebook page, but um, this absolutely stunning, gorgeous African-American uh, uh, Wonder Woman. Oh, she beautiful was black Wonder Woman. Wasn't oh, she? Good oh, God, my yeah. God. Oh, my God. She, her, mm-hmm. she looked resplendent. And so I love that. I love that that it, it doesn't matter your size, your shape. It doesn't matter what what ethnicity you are. It doesn't matter any of that. Yeah. Um, you know, if you love a character and that character resonates for you for whatever reason, um, yeah. and and you want to cosplay that character, go for it. More power to you. More power to you. It's I'm just not, it, it's just a coincidence that I most of the things that I want to. Uh, cosplay happen to be gorilla characters. I mean, that's Ooh. totally, you know, uh, you know, something I can disappear behind, but also so pull off. you are cross-playing to type right there. there exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, you get, you get yourself a kick-ass, I mean, and, and a good custom gorilla suit or, you know, get a basic one and we'll jazz that son of a bitch up. You know, we'll add, <laughs> we'll add the pecs, we'll add the shoulder bits. We'll, we'll jazz that up. So you got a, a, an amazing, it's not going to be Bob Burns level of gorilla, but it's going to be a good gorilla suit, right? I, then see, that gorilla I, suit, Oh my God! You could do anything. You could, you could robot monster Tracy Kong. Gorilla Grodd. Yeah, Gorilla Grodd. It's endless. Yeah, no, it, it is. I, I I am I for one am very much in favor of of uh, uh, Mark running around in a, in a gorilla suit. I, I find oh, that I find that fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> one of my one of my friends at the Cinema Wasteland Convention in Strongsville, Ohio. His name is Boogity Bob. Oh, Boogity Bob! He 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 loved to offend people. He loved to dress in costumes that would uh, shock. And 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 one of his greatest ones, and it was a it's a horror convention. He showed up, and you know this is in the '90s. But even then, no, nobody does this. Nobody should do this. But yet Bob did, as full on Adolf Hitler. Like oh oh, full on Adolf Hitler, Holy shit. head to toe, Nazi uniform, mustache, everything. And when people would come up to him and ask him, what are you doing? He was like, I'm the greatest monster of all time. That was his response. Uh, got it. I get it. But still, a lot of people were like, oh, uh, oh. So the, yeah. next, the next year, Boogity Bob shows up as the robot monster from the movie Robot Monster, which is yeah. basically, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know the character, it's basically a gorilla suit with a with a diver's helmet on the head. 
um, and, and, and you know, because they didn't have enough money for a full costume of some kind of an alien, I guess. Anyway, so so here's Bob walking around in this gorilla costume, and he's got the porthole on his head. And he'd walk up to people, and they go, oh, that's awesome. And he'd hit a button, which would light up the inside of his helmet, and he was Hitler inside. Hitler. His head <laughs> oh was Oh, my Hitler. God. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, no. That is just so wrong. I mean, oh that's just so wrong. But but no no I I I wow. think that the phenomenon of cosplay um, and and especially that I love seeing it more and more at conventions um, where you know a lot of conventions people would go and and you know attend panels and and, and meet guests and uh, you know actors writers cartoonists etc. Um, now a lot of times they go to show off their cosplay and to see yeah. other people's cosplay. And yeah. almost every convention now has like a, a, a costume ball, yeah. uh, a masquerade where everybody goes and competes. And it, it has become a, a more of an event for fans by fans. Yeah. Um, it's another thing that I really appreciate about, about good cosplay. Um, well, you can also is- paste do a lot of, of, of collecting in terms of costumes. And I, I say this sitting in my office, looking at behind me where my closet is, my costume closet. And I've got all these characters, you know, just basically hanging up there behind me. Um, and, and a lot of the times I, I almost treat them like sand paintings. I'll wear them once. Uh, I did, uh, I did evil from time bandits, which was a, a lot of, a lot of work. Um, and I'm going to talk about the idea of collecting this costume, of putting it together, studying the movie, making sketches, figuring out how am I going to how am I going to do X, Y, or Z? His his breastplate and those 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 uh, almost armadillo. I mean, yeah, like organic yeah. looking armor he was wearing. And how do I make that? You know, and I ended up using uh, very thin plastic three ring binders and cutting them into strips and then making the armor from that. So it had the, the shape and the flexibility that I wanted. And, and you start getting obsessed with the details, freezing them and sketching and making the headpiece. And, oh, there's two skull hands and the backward skull and then the spine coming out the back. And then there's this other little wire right here. And then, I mean, you get, you get obsessive, right? And um, yeah. I wore that costume for Halloween and to a comic convention, and that was it. It sits in a box. And yeah. I often look at it and go, I really should wear that again. I don't know when or where. I should just show up to the goth club downtown wearing it. I just, I don't, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I just, it, it seems like, you know, I, I wear them once and, and then they, they get put away. And I'm glad I keep a lot of them because I recycle some costumes from time to time. Like, oh, I had this piece that I use for that one. And I can dress it up or, or do something with it to make something else, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you start collecting these things if, if if you get into it. I mean, there's, and I'm glad. Again, I'm 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 happy. My my wife may not be, but I'm I'm happy that I've got so many options still. Um, for for the drop of a hat, I can I can throw something together if I need yeah. to. Which you know. Well, what I, this I'm kind of curious about this because uh, while talking to a friend of mine who is in the Society for Creative Anachronism, we we were Aha. discussing. We were discussing costumes uh, one day, mm-hmm. and uh, somebody – what he told me was somebody was lamenting about not being able to find a particular cloak, and they really liked his cloak. And they were like, how did you do your cloak? And he said, it's a blanket. 
<laughs> and 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 his his point was, you know, you don't have to, you know, it only has to really look like what you're trying to do. It doesn't oh, have yeah. to be what you're trying to be to do. Oh, and, yeah. and 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 so, uh, thinking back on your Baron Zemo mask, folks, uh, you got to see this mask. It's it's uh, it's amazing. I don't know how you did it, and so, but I want to know, like, to what degree do you adhere to, like, the fidelity? Uh, I mean, you seem yeah. pretty intent on it, and 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 I think. More and more, I think for a lot of cosplayers, that's part of the art. Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, I, I realize that Zemo's mask wasn't just a ski mask. It, it may have been in the comic books. Uh, I started with trying to do a ski mask. I got two different ski masks that I tried to doctor up and stitch to to give the the, the right lines. One was a little more comfortable than the other one, but they both were very comfortable, really breathable. But then it still didn't strike me as as being right because Zemo's mask has sort of an underskull. Yeah, um, you know, yeah. it's not it's not just his face. There's there's eye sockets and kind of a nose ridge that just lives in the mask even when he's not wearing it. He puts it on and it's got this 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 skeletal understructure. Right. So um so essentially what I did was to find an old mask that had that skeletal understructure. Um, and glue it, hot glue being everyone's friend and enemy, because by God, you could burn your fingers with that sons of bitch. I can't tell you how many times <laughs> I, anyway, um, and glued it on the inside to give it that form and then actually paint the outside of the, of the knit mask with latex, with liquid latex uh, to, yeah, yeah. I knew you right, did something like that. Yeah, I yeah. knew you, because that mask did, I agree. I looked at that mask and I said, no, this is something you would order. This is a special item yeah. you would order, Zemo's mask. Yeah. It's not – he didn't just go and buy a purple freaking ski mask at a at a Goodwill or Nordstrom's and, put, Correct. and Correct. put it on. So, yeah, no, it looks great. It looks fantastic. Now, they, they, they do – in Japan particularly, folks, if you have a, a yen for a cosplay – <laughs> See what I did there? Uh, if you have a, 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 you literally can go online and go, hey, let me find um, the um, U.S. agent costume from uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And right. by God, there it is. And it's very well done. It's not just a off the rack one piece onesie like you used to wear, you know, when you put on your Ben Cooper or your Ben Nyes for, for Halloween back in the 70s. It, it's it's a legit costume. I mean, it is, right. it's, it's sewn. It's put together. Um I, I, you know, th they have all different iterations of these costumes that you can get. You pay for it, mind you. I think I, I, I did spring for uh, a Cobra Commander uh, uniform from Japan. And, okay. of course, it shows up, you know, weeks later. And it's, I mean, it's, you know, cartoon. It looks like the the the, the Hasbro cartoon Sunbow animated Cobra Commander. I mean, it is down to the, it's perfection. It's, it's beautiful. Okay. Uh, with with a red cape and everything. Now, yes, I, I've actually made a Cobra Commander costume multiple times in the past. And, and in order to do something like that, I'd have to go to a Goodwill and try to go to the women's section because that's the kind of blue he wears. It's not mm -hmm. all blue you're going to find in the men's section. you got to right. go to the women's section. That's the other thing. Don't be afraid to walk around in the different areas to find your pieces and go, <laughs> that's the blue That's that's the blue blazer I'm looking for, that blue. Take that. And, oh, is it double-breasted? Perfect. I can double-breast <laughs> this. I can find that cobra symbol and do the iron-on patch, you know, change out the buttons because it's got to be gold buttons. And if I really feel, you know, uh, ambitious, I can put little cobras on the buttons too, you know, that kind of thing. Um, the the epilepts, you know, on the side, you know, go to a military supply store, buy those things, sew those sons of bitches on. I mean, I, I built these costumes from scratch before, and the scratch the scratch costumes are 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 they're satisfying when they all come together. Yeah, but but they're also 
sometimes, sometimes they're lacking. You go, mm, something's missing. I don't have... I don't have the the thing I need to put the final touch. And then you see, Oh, look, those gloves, I'm buying those gloves. And that's what I need, you know, and, and you could piece it together from all different sources, you know, right. Uh, I, I encourage, I encourage all times for people to, to just think outside their box and, and, and look at something and, and go, Oh, you know what? I see this piece of clothing, but it's going to be this. I'm going to work on, it. I'm going to make it into something, but I'm not what you see now, the, the, uh, the collector, that, that costume head to toe, um, basically are, is Goodwill, uh, about Goodwill clothes and cut oh, and sewed nice. and pasted and painted material uh, for the pattern on the underside of his fur cloak, the, 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 the animal print pattern. I painted that wow. because I couldn't find the, the actual animal print pattern on the underside of his fur cloak. Um, that was an incredibly satisfying costume when it all came together. I've only worn it once. <laughs> it just still hangs here. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, so, okay. So, well, so this is my question and, and yeah. it's for, it's for both of you. Mm. Um, and I'll, I'll even answer it as well. Okay. G- give me a top three costumes you have not done that you would like to do. Mm. Okay. And I, 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 that may, I'm, that may be like asking you to, to choose one child for the guy to kill on the train, but, um, <laughs> but, but I, but see if you can, you know, yeah, I, with the caveat that if I asked you the same question tomorrow, it might be a completely different list, but just for oh. the purposes of getting the conversation going. Wow. Um, I could probably I can probably give you the answer, uh, Aaron. If you need more time, I can I can jump into this. Yeah, please, no, jump in. Yeah, of course. I, I'm okay. <laughs> well, uh, I mentioned one of them already, and that was Skeletor. Yeah, Skeletor is is more than anything. I think one of my um, spirit animals. I, I love the character, particularly yeah. voiced by Alan Oppenheimer in the original filmation series. Totally. Um, I would I would want to do that Skeletor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that level of, of accuracy. And, I, and I've been to the leather stores and I've looked at uh, pieces of light colored leather that I can dye purple and make his little loincloth and his his chest plate and his is the, the side armor, the hood, of course, the skull mask. Very important that it movable jaw, blacked yeah. out eyes. You can't really see anything but the skull, the bright yellow skull head. Um, and of course, like I said, I, I, I did make a Havoc staff already. It's sitting here in my office. So I, I, Skeletor, eventually I will do Skeletor. Because he is so much fun to, you know, to as a character, uh, as insulting as he is, and 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 calling people out on on being fools and and you know, that sort of thing. Right. Um, so that's definitely one of them. I've, I've loved Superman as long as I can remember, and I've always wanted to do a good Superman. Um, what holds me back is anyway. I talked about this earlier. You know, good God, I would look like you know Superman. Uh, needs to, you know, either stop eating cheeseburgers or, you know, start bulking up because he's going to be, his arms are going to look like noodles, you know? I mean, this is not, this is not you know, super, you know, man. These days, these days, Joseph, if you just got thin enough, you can buy a muscle suit because you're going to yes. be, you're going to have a, a, you know, a, a, a late, a, a spandex stretched over it anyway. Sure. So a lot of, and, and I've seen this, you know, people even who are in good shape, right? Because it's it's really impossible to get the kind of definition that you would need 
um, unless you were doing this professionally, right? They're paying you to be in in, t- in tip-top shape for a movie or something. Right, um, right, right. You know, it's impossible to get that kind of definition. So people buy these, and they're becoming apparently much, much, much more affordable now. Yeah. But get a muscle yeah. suit. Get a muscle suit. You put yeah. you put that Superman spandex over that, and boom, mm-hmm. you're Superman. Boom, I'm Superman. And then I'm going to pick one from the Marvel universe. Um, so I have Skeletor and Superman. It almost it almost harkens back to my friend Boogity Bob because I've always wanted to do the Red Skull. Of course, he's a flippin' Nazi, and and that's something that gives me pause. Although if I focus more on the um, Hydra aspect of it, you yeah. know, don't don't put a, a SWAT sticker anywhere on my body. You no. know, use the the Hydra symbol. Yeah, um, and keep know, it I, and and do the dark green maybe maybe more. Oh of yeah, a, yeah. Of a of a Marvel comics than a Marvel cinematic universe. So sure, can, sure. Yeah, there's a there's yeah, a, yeah. You could slant that easily enough. I remember that that green suit he wore at one point had a gigantic swastika on the chest. <laughs> at one oh. point of his comic existence, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, they all did, didn't they? There was a point at which yeah. it was just it was just okay, I guess, in the seventies. Uh, yeah, yeah. You remember yeah. that? I, and 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 I'll, I'll Aaron, I'll I'll give you the floor in just a second. But I, I it reminds me of that comic splash page from the super villain team up that I posted um, with Red Skull and Hatemonger sitting there having yeah. dinner on this glass floor underneath yes. the starving prisoners. <laughs> it's like, boy, that's, that's ballsy. That does, you know, let's be really evil, you know. Uh, yeah. Hatemonger being, of course, a clone of Adolf Hitler himself. Um, but yeah, those Was are those what? are the things. That, that, was that was eventually revealed, wasn't it? Hatemonger was yes. revealed to be a clone of, oh, God, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was, he was a Hitler clone. And, and in fact, he was one of many. Uh, Armin Zola made a few of them, actually. Um, yeah, there was a there was a period where almost every reconstituted uh, Nazi or, or, or proto Nazi neo Nazi uh, Captain America bad guy uh, had, had Hitler DNA. It was uh, it, it's like he didn't really burn up. It's like it's amazing. It's like they they just they just had it. It was like a fountain, you know, like you could just go and put your cup underneath the the spigot for Hitler, and and a, and a bunch of goo would come out. And then oh. they would throw it in the machine, and Arnim Zola would push a few buttons, and oh, what's his powers? Oh, he can create hate in normal people. Oh, we'll call him the fearmonger. You know, it just didn't. Yeah, it, nothing to it. You know. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, again, I, mine are all going to be uh, things that I could pull off. Uh, uh, as much as I, I appreciate uh, when people do cosplays that that you know just again it, 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 they don't really look like the character except for the costume uh, mm-hmm. they're they're taller they're shorter they're bigger whatever it is uh, I tend to and this is just a personal thing I tend to like to stick with characters that I might possibly be able to pull off right um, and so so uh, the first one that comes to mind and I even actually mentioned this to uh, to Joseph before uh, but from DC Comics, I would like to do uh, Abel of Cain and Abel of the House oh, of Mystery. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. And That's I was like, okay, Joseph, you must play Cain. Uh, I will yes. be Abel, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and we can run around a convention and just have a ball. But again, oh and gosh. partially, it's also just getting into that character and being able to like to interact with someone like Joseph, right? Who who's totally in character as Cain, and I'm totally in character as Abel. Um, I think I'd be able to pull that off. I think I would definitely be able to pull that off. Uh, uh, Another character, and and this I would even need padding for, um, would be the comic version of Volstagg, the Lion of Asgard. Ah. Um, 
he's this huge Nordic warrior uh, uh, that has a really silly little hat with a with a little long little feather on it. Uh, he wears like purple a purple jacket with like a yellow shirt. I mean, he just looks completely ridiculous. But I've just always been so fond of the character. Again, the character to me is what I'm really interested in. Yeah. Larger than life and just bombastic and boisterous and boasting all the time. Um, uh, I, I think it, it'd be a, just a fun, a fun character to do. Yeah. Uh, and normally I wouldn't pick a superhero because again, I do, I just, even with a muscle suit, I couldn't quite pull it off, but I would get a muscle suit, um, because I would have the general shape of the only, the only, the only superhero thing I could pull off would be from the Marvel family, Captain Marvel. I would be uncle Dudley <laughs> from, from the Marvel family, and I would I would get the muscle suit. I'd put the muscle suit on because, of course, I'm already padded out. So padded out with the muscle suit and in the Captain Marvel costume, I think oh. I think I'd be able to pull that off. It took me a second. Now I know who Uncle Dudley is. Oh my god! Yes, yes. yes. Okay. yeah. Earth's yeah. mightiest mortal. Yeah. 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 So I I could pull that off again with the muscle suit. <laughs> I, if I put the muscle suit on, yeah, because it's going to be pushed out anyway by my belly and my chest. I'm like, okay, I could do I could do Uncle fucking Dudley. It's the only superhero that I would be able to pull off successfully. Oh uh, but God. that's that's those are those are three that immediately popped to mind. I, I could do these guys. Yeah. How much fun would it do, would it be to do Kane and Abel at like the next Armadillicom at our at our panel? Oh, it'd be great. <laughs> I I and we're just it's those characters are perfectly suited to yeah. the kind of things we can do. Yes. Uh, uh, and I've just always loved them. They're these weird little quirky characters. They introduce the House of Mystery, uh, 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 and, and uh, yeah, I'm like, oh wow, okay. They're yeah. like they're like kind of more gentlemanly crypt keepers. Yeah. They're, they uh, are they are horror hosts, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. when and whenever it was time for your bit to be over, uh, you know, Joseph takes out a prop axe and says, "Well, <laughs> this has been fun." <laughs> and, yeah. and then you can both run off. Then he chases because he's always trying to kill me. He chases right. me off screen. No, I think that's fantastic. I I could do it. I could do it. That's fun. Mark, surely there's there's something percolating in your head. Yeah. Um, well, other than a gorilla, other than a well, gorilla. Other than, okay, well, see, the thing is, is the gorilla was going to be a three-part deal, you know, uh, the because because I wanted to do I, I if you get the if you build the gorilla suit and get a good one, maybe okay. not uh, maybe it won't be Bob Burns quality, but it would definitely be like better than Don Post. Oh yeah, um, but I could do like I, I would do my own gorilla character, you know, <laughs> like like a Tracy or a Kogar. Uh, uh-huh. My gorilla would be Garg. And okay. then, um, and then you can add uh, accoutrements to this to to be Gorilla Grodd. Oh yeah, and yeah. And, and then uh, you change the head out to make Roman the robot monster. So that was <laughs> the idea was to get as much use out of the gorilla suit as possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Depending yeah. on where you wanted to go with it, you know. Have and, you ever thought about doing like a a Planet of the Apes style gorilla, like a soldier well, Ursus or? Uh, uh, really, honestly, it would have to be Doctor Zeus. Well, you yeah. Know. Uh, well, I recognize whether it is one that is likely another and then another and then another. Yeah, See? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Yes, you, might awesome. Well, <laughs> you might well think it upside down as you occupy its lowest level. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that's, that's beautiful. But I, I, let me interrupt real quick just to tell you that when, when I went to an E3 once, they were introducing a Planet of the Apes game. 
And there was a guy dressed as Dr. Zayas, perfectly looking like from the movies. Yeah. Um, and he's wandering around. And, I, and, and my friend and I were walking by. And he looked up at this huge Planet of the Apes display, right? Signs everywhere. And he goes, oh, look, uh, they're, they're, they're going to come out with a Planet of the Apes game. And Dr. Zayas was standing right there and he heard and he walked up and he says, that's extraordinary. Now, let me ask you, what was your first clue? <laughs> what, what gave it away? And, and my friend is like just turning all colors of red and, and, and Zayas is following him. He won't stop. He's like, no, 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 wait, wait. I'm trying to prove that you animals can reason. Come back. Oh, oh that's, that's beautiful. It was brilliant. This yeah. man was brilliant as fucking Zayas. Yes, that would be, yeah, do, do, a, do a slightly sardonic, sarcastic Zayas would be, would be, would be lovely. Yeah. The, uh, the other character, it's not really a character, but I, I've I've wanted to do uh, Orson Welles for a long time. Oh, God. Well, yeah. You yeah. Can, yeah. And, that's and, what I and, could pull off, too. I could pull off Orson Welles. I, yeah. I, but it, and it would be somewhere, it would be somewhere north of, you know, Ernest and Julio Gallo, but somewhere south of Harry Lyme, sort of in that uh, middle, middle range there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, you know, I don't know how well I could get the voice down, but I think I could, I could do some really very slight uh, wig and makeup, and uh, and then you know wear the suit, and mm-hmm. and and a lot of it would be would be just in the physicality and also the the timbre of the voice, you know. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm going to challenge you with a with a character mark that I know you could do, and and uh, you, you set me you set me down this this path when you mentioned um, um, Orson Welles, uh-huh. um, and I just kind of my, my brain spiraled to this for some reason. Charles Lawton as Doctor Moreau. Oh Ooh. yeah, yeah. I bet you could pull that off, Mark. I bet you could. I will not, now here's the deal. I'm I'm trying to lose the weight. So I don't know. You know, he doesn't have to I don't have to be all portly characters. But, no, no, but uh, he, no, 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 well, you well, know, but, he, but in, in the in Moreau, he's not he's not exactly. I mean, he's he's he is robust, but, but I he's well call built. Him, right. He's not he, I mean he's not yeah. as big as Orson Wells. Um right. right. So right. yeah, he's 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 not he's not Brando as Moreau. Right. Uh, Charles Lawton's Moreau is 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 actually a little bit slight and almost pixie-ish. He's got the belly, yes, I'm sure, and he's rounded, but his he's he's mischievous. He's got that yeah. grin, and he talks, and he leans in, and he talks very slowly, you know, very erudite. And then of course he can get very you know in your face about something, and yeah, and, yeah, oh, he's yeah. fantastic. The performance is fantastic. It is. It's it, it's great. I'll uh, all right, I can look at that. The third one is is more of a joke concept. I've wanted to do this for a while. You you both may or may not recall that I am uh, an amateur magician of oh, of, oh. of moderate skill, uh-huh. uh, and uh, but I've never gone past amateur status. And so one of the things that I have have kind of had in my notebook of shit to work on for one of these days is is a couple of characters that I could do a magic act with, right? Ooh. A persona. Uh-huh. And one of them, of right. course, was going to be the the character I came up f- with from my radio play stuff, Mickey Finn. Uh, and, and he's going to be more of a, of a uh, bizarre magician because he's, he's not 
from this time period. And there's a reason why, but the, what the one that, that, that struck me as funny, I, for years, I've wanted to combine my love of Frankenstein with my mm. love of Elvis, uh, and, and do Elvis Stein. Nice. Um, but, but the, when I was kind of writing down like ideas for a magic act one day, it hit me that I could do, um, magic Elvis. <laughs> and the the idea for this would be uh, I come out in in character in the jumpsuit, uh, Phoenix Sun, you know, because that's your classic, uh, and uh, I can sing a little song. I can do a little bit of I can do some jokes and some monologues, but but in between all of it would be me making food appear <laughs> and then disappear. <laughs> And making pills appear and then disappear. Oh, God. He, you know, he used to give out scarves, right? And so you can right, do right, scarves right. that just have all kind, more and more scarves and scarves oh, and scarves. And, thank you very much. That's brilliant. And, then, and so the whole thing would be around the idea of Elvis, you know, giving things away and, you know, making things disappear when they come into his orbit. <laughs> You know, oh my god, um, that's fantastic! And, I and love th that. And then, if it ever got large enough to to turn into instead of being a parlor act to turn into a stage show, uh, I would, um, I would be able to bring out either someone as uh, Shelley Fabray uh, from Clam Bake or Anne Margaret from Viva Las Vegas, and now I've got a magician's assistant. There you go, <laughs> and someone I could sing a duet with. Was there you something like, wrong with me? It's like you're going on the road here with this show, buddy. Well, I mean, this is a... Uh, magical Elvis will is, not be contained, is, Joseph. I say, this is, not, this, is not, Elvis. this is not a mere cosplay. This is an experience. Yeah, this is, the, this is the Magic Elvis experience. Yeah, yeah. My, I, I guess my cosplay has always sort of... I've, I, to me, leaning more into the performative aspect yeah. was what interested me because, as as cool as much as I, I, and more than one person has said, you look like Vincent D'Onofrio. As much as like I think that playing the kingpin from the Daredevil Netflix series would be awesome, I I don't want to do that. Right. You know, right. and I can't and I can't be Han Solo. I know I could if I wanted to, but I, I personally wouldn't yeah. be comfortable being Han Solo. Sure. And so, you know, finding something ultimately that would be a, a, a part of my personality that I could tease out and make yeah. into a full blown character that really appeals to me. And so in this in the case of like Dr. Zayas and Orson Welles, to me, those are extensions of part of my creative DNA anyways. So oh, those yeah. don't seem like too much of a stretch, if that makes sense. I know anyway. I could absolutely see that, but I think you'd have a lot of fun doing something like Elvis Stein or you know Magic Elvis. Yeah, Magic, because um, that's <laughs> because literally, I mean, that would be good God, man. That that you could do, you could do, you could do shows. You know, you can oh yeah, shows. Yeah. You could sing songs. It's yeah. like the Vegas show where you know the second there's two shows a night and the second show's topless. I mean, it is it's it's okay. it's a hands down. Uh, entertainment extravaganza. I, I would know. be available for bachelor parties, bar mitzvahs, yeah, and, uh, yeah. and, and birthday <laughs> greetings. Yeah, a, thir a, thir a thirty-minute uh, extravaganza full of food, fun, and the king of rock and roll. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I may or may not have designed a business card already. 
I can't. I'm two years out from any of this. I have I have some very specific health things I have to take care of in the next couple of years. Yeah. And then but, at the end of that, this may yeah. be this this may become part of my victory lap. This Pick is how some, you this is how you come back into the world. This is this is the yeah. big. I mean, we're talking a smoke bomb. Boosh, I'm here. Thank you very much, Randy Cheeseburger. Oh yeah! Oh no! I'm all into this. This has got to happen. <laughs> this is so got to happen. I'm not even kidding. That's brilliant. I'll, I'll hey, be you know, start, another, starting up a Patreon for this. Yeah. Um, uh, I I um I have not I have not cross dressed. Uh, you know, uh, our gender bent in my cosplay uh, yet. I haven't I haven't seen anything to, for me to go. Ooh, I wonder if I could pull that off. This female. The closest I ever got was Captain Phasma be like technically it's a woman but how can you tell uh you right. know but you know i didn't i didn't go down that rabbit hole um uh, although i was intrigued enough to to think about it but um i have been ed wood uh <laughs> oh at, at a party if you if you could do ed wood i could do orson wells and yes. then oh my god that'd be oh, and I, was, yeah, I know this is coming together so coming literally together. literally cross-dressed with the brassiere and the makeup and the wig and you oh. know I, I was fully cross-dressed with a mustache of course uh, yeah and, yeah and, wow <laughs> Carrying around a megaphone, you know. Wow! I'm a filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, that's awesome. That's, that's the closest I've ever gotten to to true cross dressing. Although, you know, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't say no to dressing is like being a, a male version of a female character. Uh, mm. You know, I wouldn't say no to that. I, I think that I honestly, I think that's actually one of the coolest things. I love seeing like Peggy Carter as Captain America, and I like. Yeah, you know, I, that, to me that stuff's really. I just think that's awesome. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I have no problem with with any of that. And, uh, and although, I'm, I'm just although, not sure, I, not I, sure I a male Wonder Woman would work for me though. Yeah, well, no. I mean, when you have a character like that, you know, that's basically Superman, right? So, uh, but but like I was going to say, I've seen, I've seen, not that anyone I know could pull it off, but uh, I've seen a male. Uh, a slave Leia. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. I'm yeah. wearing, yeah. wearing yeah. the costume of Princess Leia when she was uh, uh, captured, and I was just like, "What? Holy cow!" I mean, that that guy was in fantastic shape, and he definitely could pull it off. Right. But uh, yes. but that was one of those impressive ones. Like you know, I I would not have thought that someone would try to crossplay Slave Leia. I, sure. I, I did not think someone would try that. That's kind of cool, though. I'm yeah. currently on my on my cosplay desk right now. I've currently been working on um, putting the finishing touches on an Orkian spacesuit from uh, Mork and Mindy. Mork and Mork and uh, Mork oh, and Mindy. Okay. The oh my red, god! Yeah, the red uh, spacesuit. Uh, I'm going to a, a a murder an 80s themed murder mystery party, and I've been assigned the character, um, you know, Nork from Pork, but essentially Mork Mork from Mork. Um, right. so, so I went ahead and just decided to go ahead and, and get the, uh, get the whole spacesuit. So, I mean, uh, I could, I could have done the striped shirt and the rainbow suspenders. I could have done I, that. I had a pair of those. Uh, I did too. I did oh, too. Oh yeah. Um, but I said, no, I want to, I want the spacesuit. So I, I found this onesie, this Elmo adult onesie <laughs> with, with a hood that has Elmo's head on the top and the words tickle me, uh, embroidered on the front of the, of the zip up onesie. So, 
Uh, I removed Elmo's head in a, a very dramatic fashion um, with with some sewing thread and a little hot glue. I fastened the high collar, found the, the trim at my local uh, Joann's, the silver uh, uh, chain-like trim for the neck and around the, the wrists. I found some silver iron-on material, and I bought enough of it to make a gigantic triangle for the front, which covers the tickle me, by the way. Although if you look really closely, you could still see the words tickle me. Um, <laughs> nice. And then uh, also the little triangles on his wrists, because he has two triangles on his wrists as well. Wow. Uh, and, and then I've got some silver boot covers and, and the silver gloves and, uh, and, and kind of a, an 80s mullet wig. So presto change I'll post pictures yeah, I'm more, for oh, more, yeah. essentially. Yeah, of course. But, but as I was putting this thing together, you know, my, my, my wife, Brandy, she's like, you know, I, I got to get these. I got to get the boots right. They're silver boots. Honey, no one's going to notice that. And I look up at her and I say, do you not know me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you know who you're talking to? Yeah. I mean, I, yes, I know that. But I'll feel naked without the boots. I mm. got to have the boots, you know. Yeah. Um, yep. I, you and, and one other costume that I wanted to bring up because I, I, I it came to mind after we did the three, and I still hold, I still stand by those three. But another costume I'm going to add it in there that I've always wanted to do because I've done, I've done the other, th the other three of the big four of the Universal monsters. I've done Frankenstein's monster several times. I did an outstanding Dracula, Legosi Dracula for a, uh, a hired gig I did mm -hmm. once, and um, and had so much fun speaking in the in in the voice and being Dracula. Oh, you know, yeah. just wonderful. I've done uh, Lawrence. Talbot the Wolfman for a Halloween night one night for the kids and, and did a very good job there. I've never done The Mummy. Now, not Imhotep, Kairos. Oh, I would want to yes. do Kairos. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's that's the, one of my costume goals is to put uh, put together a kick-ass... Bob Burns, Mr. Tracy the Gorilla, had a kick-ass Mad Mummy inspired by Kairos costume that he made and used to wear it to local horror shows as he traveled across the country, local TV horror shows. Oh, um but my God, it's that's a that's a heck of a costume, and I swear to you, ladies and gentlemen, everyone listening to the sound of my voice, from time to time as I walk through my house or walk outside to go pick up yard leaves or something, I will assume the gait of Kairos just because to drag <laughs> the foot, to hurt, to hunch one shoulder up, to to pull one arm into a crippled claw, to oh, let yeah. the other arm swing with that motion as you walked, just to practice so that yeah, I can because yeah. it's know, coming. Right, it's yeah. coming. I just, I will, I will do that from time to time, and I love the sound it makes—the dragging foot, uh, that the step and the drag, and the step and the drag—and it's just, it's, it to me, it's that's late night magic, and that's me as a kid playing monsters in my backyard. So, Kairos is one of the ones I really want to do. Well, if you ever, uh, once when I get my gorilla yes. together, yes, uh, I want to make my services available to a certain professor in oh, case gotcha. he would like to do uh, a variation of girl into gorilla uh, for one of the shows we yeah. could take, uh, you could turn usher into garg and, <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and he could rampage because, be... well, yeah, you know, that's sort of a, I, the, I, honestly, I, when I found out that, that that's how Burns, got his you know got his mm -hmm. start i was like i was like yeah i could i could do that for the rest of my life break right. out of cages run oh. up the aisles grab Scared a woman kids. and get out into the into the lobby that would be amazing <laughs> oh my god can you imagine how much fun them and you've seen you've seen the footage i know of, of his of his backyard halloween shows that he mm. would do and the kogar escapes was one of his ones oh yeah did. yeah oh yeah. my god and to see the faces on those kids as, as they 
the, he's rattling the cage, he's rattling the cage, and when that cage comes down, the kids Ooh. look and they stop and they look back and then they run. Like, is he? Is he? Oh, he's out. Uh. <laughs> I, just love, I love the build of. Oh, he's he's out. Oh, oh, he's out, and then the kids are scattering. <laughs> I sh- uh. it shouldn't be that funny, but it just oh. it, I love it. Yeah, it just it feeds my soul to to know that uh, that the children would be terrified. Oh, <laughs> well, just like when we Aaron when you were when you came over and we did the the fluffy from the crate and and. Yeah. The kids were just loving it. They were just having such a good time. Yeah. And Aaron was this this great character that he just invented. He just came up with this character who was just back from his Arctic expedition, and he was showing professor. He made up a professor, and he was going to show the kids his his latest find from the Arctic. I mean, he had this whole speech worked out and led the kids right up to the crate. Uh, it was fun. They <laughs> loved it. The kids loved it. And yeah. then, of course, you know, uh, for the for the for the real, you know, you want to see something really scary when they run away from from Fluffy, right? And he's like, ah, and they run away from Fluffy, and I run with them, and I'm like, oh no, no, no. Um, I, I, I have these vampire fangs. So oh. so I slip the vampire fangs on as we get away. And I'm like, oh, I, I'm, I'm I'm glad I'm glad all of you all right, but I must confess something else happened to me during that expedition. <laughs> and they're all looking at me like what? And then I suddenly just turn to them and go, ah! and they're all like, ah Genius. It was great. It was oh my great. God. So they run away from Fluffy thinking they're gonna be safe with the professor. <laughs> no, the professor's a goddamn vampire. <laughs> a nightmare it's oh. a flipping nightmare this never ends i i need to move back to austin just for halloween you <laughs> do just no, for the I month of october more fun doing these things at joseph's house with the, the halloween bits are just so much fun i mean halloween for me has become i might get two or three groups of kids maybe maybe that come by and you give them candy and they leave uh, but no, no. Over yeah, over at, at, at Joseph's, it's it's an event. It is an yeah. event. And the, it's street, so the streets are crawling. I mean, it is like a it's like a street party. I mean, oh. the streets are crawling with with families and kids, and it's just the most magical night of the year. Um, yeah, it's really nice. It's really nice. So um, speaking of, of, of Halloween and in cosplay, um, this past Halloween that unfortunately COVID put, put the debunk on. And I ended up doing a pretty decent Frankenstein's monster a la Glenn Strange um, for the kids on Halloween. But I kept my distance and it was kind of a table you can kind of get your, your, your candy kind of a thing. And it, I just stalked around the graveyard. But what the plan was I was going to recreate um, Bob Burns, the other Bob Burns, not Bob Burns, Gorilla Burns, but Bob right. Burns, the director of photography and art director. I mean, the art director, not director of photography, uh, the art director for Texas Chainsaw Massacre, a yeah. Bob Burns inspired Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, event uh, where the kids would come into the open garage, which is completely decked out like the dining room set from Chainsaw, complete with real barbecue on the table, uh, a grandpa sitting in his chair, um, you know, a chicken in a, in, a, in, a, in a hanging cage, a lot of bones, hooks on giant, and of course, Leatherface himself. And, and I decided to go with the, uh, the pretty lady Leatherface, which is his dinner mm, outfit yes. with, with the dark coat. <laughs> And that horrible uh, made-up mask. And again, collecting, man. You, you you look at it and you study it and you study it and you go, oh, wait, you know what? Look, he's got – he's wearing a bracelet. He's wearing a bracelet. And he didn't have that bracelet before. And this is – I swear to you, ladies and gentlemen, I've seen this movie more times than I can recall. I, I know Texas Chainsaw. But the little details, I literally caught this two years ago. He wears a bracelet. And the bracelet that he wears – comes from Pam, his first victim. And I didn't even realize oh. he was wearing it like a trophy. He was wearing uh. the bracelet. 
But Pam wears it. She gets killed and hung on the meat hook. And then the next time you see Leatherface, he's wearing this bracelet. Um, and it just it never it never occurred to me in pictures. I would see the bracelet and think, was oh, that like bones? What is that? No, it's a little pearl, silver pearl and bell bracelet that I found because my leather face had to have that bracelet. Wow. So I found I found this guy who made recreations of Pam's bracelet online. And uh, yeah, it's it's sitting. I'm looking at it right now. And, and whenever I get to do this again, because I will do the chainsaw bit. I absolutely. You're never going to see kids run like you see them run when when, when they rev the chainsaw. Um, I, I did Leatherface once before in the Killing Mask, different costume in the Killing Mask with the yellow apron and the the different face mask. But back at my other house when I had, when I lived there, did it for Halloween night. And the kids are out there, and I had a sledgehammer, fake sledgehammer, and I would threaten the kids and make the pig sounds, you know. And they were like, "Oh, most of the kids didn't want to come near me." But then the teenagers would be like, "Oh, I'm not scared. You're not scary, man. Come at me, bro. Come on, come at me, bro." Remember, my my son Edward was watching this exchange, and so my Leatherface held up his hand, like, "Wait a minute." I was like, and I put down the sledgehammer and I ran around the side of the house. And picked up that saw, looking <laughs> around the corner with that saw, and those kids ran down the street. I chased them down the street with this fucking saw, <laughs> with the chain of with the chain off, of course. But just well, the yeah, sound, it, it, right? All the, the sound, yeah, the like, sound is yeah. that'll that you will shit your pants if yeah. they, if they if you hear yeah. that thing coming at you, and yeah. the smell of the gas. I mean, oh right, 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 right. The, the smoke. Oh. I mean, there's it just comes out. I come running around the house with that saw. <laughs> And Edward came up to me after, and he was like, "Dad, that was the best thing I've ever seen in my life." <laughs> oh my! Wow, fun. it's it's a lot of fun. And and yeah. for any reason, ladies and gentlemen, that that you know, people go, "Oh, I don't want to dress in costume. That's for kids." Okay, you know what? Granted, I'm an adult. I work a a, a fairly good job, nine to five, make good money, own a house, pay my bills. But yeah, God, every once in a while, I just. I want to be somebody else. I don't want to be Joseph and have to pay bills and commute to work and cut the grass. I don't want to do that. I want to be a pirate, by God. And 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 sometimes I can be a pirate, you know. And that's just the best thing ever um, to 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 spend some time away from yourself um, while still celebrating and exalting who you really are. And, and that I think is the, the magic of, of of dressing in these costumes and doing this kind of fun stuff. Amen. Yeah, there you go. Well, with that, the Gentleman Nerds is a cloak and dagger production and is written by Aaron Diarive, Mark Finn, Ben Gibbs, and Joseph Fotinos, with additional material provided by Ben Cooper and Ben Nye. Music composed and performed by the amazingly talented Ben Gibbs. Uh, just a reminder, an Easter egg is something recognizable, hidden in the background that is not called out. Dancing segment by Helmut Zemo. Promotional material, logos, and the Gentleman Nerds mascot created by Michelle Fitzpatrick. The Lobot Lounge bouncer is Maximilian, and our special guest bartender was Lloyd. Are you sure our money's no good here? Our sound editor, mixer, fluffernutter enthusiast, and intentional producer is Ben Gibbs. Our executive producer, and the man we all pray never gets superpowers, is Aaron Diarive. The Gentleman Nerd's attorney is Dr. Gonzo. Lobot Lounge Sculptures by Walter Paisley. Crowd Control by Infinity Snap. Andor? And Mark Farnash is the man in the gorilla suit. Web hosting by Bluehost. Tiger training by that bitch Carol Baskin. Nothing is true. Everything is permitted. 
Join us in the Lobot Lounge when next we open. And please remember, be good to each other and yourselves. I'm Joseph Fortinos, reminding you all that, yes, Red Skull lives as a cosmic ghost and... McClunky! Thank you so much for indulging me. That was a, I hope you, I, that was a great episode. I, I'm going to thank you. No, my God. Thank you. Uh,